Hello, everybody. Common Sense Christianity here. I hope everyone's doing fantastic. You know, recently I've been looking into the angel of the Lord. Um, previously, I didn't really believe that God had a specific angel to be the designated angel of the Lord. But I've kind of changed my stance on that after examining scripture and actually looking more into it. Um, you know, before I thought that God gave... Uh, you know, this authority to the angel, and then the angels would come down. But I didn't really have um, any really good handling on which angel it was, right? Which angel appeared to Moses? It could could just any angel really speak the name of God? Uh, I am who I am, or I will be what I will be from the burning bush? Because it says an angel appeared to Moses in the midst of the burning bush. And then it said God spoke, you know, and we see the Lord appeared to Abraham, right? And it seems like one angel, uh, who is the Lord, is specifically talking to Abraham while the other two are kind of doing his work, right? So I started seeing that there is a specific angel, it seems, that's interacting with Moses, uh, that's interacting with Abraham, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, you can see where God puts his name in the angel, and that's why in the Bible, an angel can be referred to as God. Uh, I've covered things in my other podcasts and videos where, you know, Isaiah spoke on behalf of God and the, and the author will record the Lord spoke. Or when God says, with the rod or the staff that's in my hand, I will strike Egypt in Exodus 7. And then he commands Moses to tell Aaron to take up a staff and put it in his hand and strike Egypt. And then Aaron strikes Egypt, but then we see the Lord struck Egypt. So we can see where... In scripture, when somebody does something on behalf of the Lord, it will say the Lord did it. Um, you know, you can look at Exodus 23, 21, where it says, beware of him. Okay, this is talking about an angel. And obey his voice, provoke him not, for he will not par pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. Exodus 23, 21. So the angel of the Lord has the tetragrammaton in him. And you can see throughout scripture where it talks about his angel, right? His angel, not his angels. It seems to really put the mark on a specific angel. Acts 12, 15. They said to her, you are mad. But she insisted that it was so. They said, it is his angel. Right? Revelation 22, 6. It says, he sent his angel to show his servants, which much soon take place. Daniel 6, 22. My God sent his angel. Right? His angel. Uh, Daniel 3, 28. It talks about... Uh, and Ab Abigenio, who has sent his angel, right? Blessed be the God of so-and-so-and-so, who has sent his singular angel. Genesis 24, 7. The Lord, the God of heavens, who took from me my father's house, uh, and he sent his angel. He will send his angel before you, right? Judges 13, 16. And the angel of the Lord said this, right? The angel of the Lord, uh, Judges 6, 13, 6, where it says, There the woman came to her and told her husband, A man of God came to me, and his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God. Very terrible, right? So she's trying to figure out this in the story. She doesn't understand it was the angel of the Lord. And then later she understands it was the angel of the Lord, right? It says in Judges 13, 21, The angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and to his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. The, not an angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord. So now I see Jesus 
who has surpassed the angels and given a greater name than them, right? He's been elevated. Now Jesus is in charge of the angels. We can look at 2 Thessalonians 1, 7, where it talks about, and to grant rest with you who are afflicted when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. So we can see this. In Hosea 12, 4, it says, he strove with the angel, right, Jacob, and prevailed. He wept and sought favor. He met God of Bethel, and there God spoke with him. Uh, Zechariah 3, 1. Uh, then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. Say, not the angels of the Lord, the angel of the Lord. We look at Revelation 16, 17. The, seven, the seventh angel poured his bowl onto the air. Well, we see that throughout the, the book, it talks about the first angel opened his trumpet. The second angel opened this. The third angel opened this. Well, the seventh angel poured his bowl. There's seven angels, I believe, in the Bible. The seven spirits who are before his throne are the archangels, right? I, I believe that this is um, either Michael is included in the seven or there are seven archangels and Michael is the angel of the Lord that's overseeing the seven angels. I kind of think that he is... Um, it's really hard to determine, but he's within them or he's, or he's overseeing them. Um, we see in first Chronicles, first Chronicles 21, 16, and David lifted his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord standing between earth and heaven. Okay. This is pretty significant. Not an angel, the angel, and in his hand, a drawn sword stretched out over Jerusalem. Then David and his elders clothed in sandcloth, fell upon their faces. Okay. They're worshiping this angel, right? Uh, Revelation 10, 7. But in that day of the trumpet, call to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God, as he announced to his servants, the prophets should be fulfilled. Revelation 15, 8. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and for the power that no one could enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were ended. Okay, you have seven angels, seven plagues, seven archangels, seven spirits who are before his throne. Okay, Revelation 1, 1 and 2 through uh, 4 says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what may soon play, take place. And he made it known by sending his angel, not his angels, his angel. So it seems to me that we have one designated angel throughout the Old Testament that God has appointed, right? Because the Bible tells us that that Michael is the chief over Israel, right? The prince over Israel, the prince. Uh, and now it makes sense that since Jesus is given authority over the angels, now Jesus is the prince, right? The prince of peace. He's the prince over Israel. Jesus has surpassed Michael and he's taken uh, Michael's role and he's acting on behalf of God. So now Jesus sends forth his angel. It's assigned to Jesus now. Remember in the Old Testament, this angel was assigned to God. So it would say he sent forth his angel. Now the same parallel in uh, the book of Revelation that Jesus Christ is now sending forth his angel, right? Uh, when we look at scripture, we see the archangel Michael as the chief prince of the heavenlies. And we can see that he'll play a significant part in the end times, right? It talks about how he leads a uh, host of angels in his victorious war over Satan and his demons uh, in Revelation 12. And Michael is not merely one of the angels. He's the head of a battalion of angels. And he's not the ultimate leader of the angels, though. It's God, but he oversees these. Uh, we can see how Michael, the archangel, he contended with the devil uh, over the body of Moses, right? Jude 1.9. And we can see in heaven where Michael and his angels... 
fight against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. Revelation 12, 7 through 8. So we see that Michael has angels. Michael and his angels. Not Michael and the angels. Michael and his angels. Uh, Michael is known as God's archangel, right? There's many chief angels, arch, but Michael is the chief, right? And uh, archangel means chief angel. And interestingly enough, Michael's name, if you look at it, means who is like God. Um, so when you look at scripture, it talks about Michael being a chief of the princes of the heavens, right? The book of Daniel talks about Michael several times in Daniel ten thirteen. It talks about Michael is one of the chief princes, uh, and in Daniel 12, 1, Michael is the great prince who protects the people of Israel, right? So I think God, because he can't be seen, we're shown over and over again, God's invisible, he dwells in unapproachable light, no man can see God or has ever seen God. Michael is the great prince who protects the people of Israel. So when he comes down, people come down uh, and, and wrestle with an angel, um, it's actually Michael who wrestled with Jacob. It's, it's Michael who spoke in the midst of the burning bush that said, I am that I am, because he can use these divine titles. Again, my name is in him. My name is in the angel. So Michael is overseeing Israel, right? He's Israel's overseer on behalf of God. God gives, gives him this authority. So in Deuteronomy 18, for example, we see that the Lord appeared to Abraham in the midst of the oaks and Abraham runs out to meet them. I think Abraham recognized Michael because Michael had been showing up so often. I think people just knew that this was that this was a familiar face. Otherwise, he wouldn't know who they were. He wouldn't run out to meet them. He would just say, whoa, who are these people? Maybe be standoffish. Maybe they were going to there to rob him. He doesn't know. But why would he all of a sudden run out to meet them and bow down immediately? Obviously, he knew that uh, it was Michael probably. And then it would, be, it would make sense that God gives one angel this title because he's representing God. Uh, it would be kind of weird to have all of these miscellaneous angels representing God. It would be very confusing. But when, you, when people see a particular person throughout the Old Testament, Michael, who would maybe probably manifest himself in the same type of manner, same, maybe same look, then people would become familiar with, hey, this is, this is, uh, this is Michael, or they wouldn't know, necessarily know Michael because he kept his name hidden. It wasn't important. They didn't want to have people start worshiping Michael, probably. He kept his name hidden. They say, you know, who are you? He said, why do you ask for my name is wonderful? Um, so I think it makes perfect sense that Michael is the archangel and God made Michael this, you know, gave Michael this authority and this title to represent uh, him. And so it makes people really familiar with one angel of the Lord. You know, he represents God. He's the prince over Israel and he protects Israel. And it says in Daniel 10, 21, there was no one with me who contends against these princes except Michael, your prince. Okay. He worked with another angel to answer Daniel's prayer that God would turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill, Daniel 9, 16. So when you look at Jude, there's only one uh, of the references when it refers to Michael. Um, but in scripture, it doesn't refer to uh, you know, any specific angel uh, as the one who meets with Moses. Well, why would, why would God send any angel to meet with Moses who literally says God's name? I am that I am. Why can, such, why can any miscellaneous angel speak with such authority? Well, I believe, again, that it's Michael because it says that Michael is the prince of Israel. He's over Israel. So it would make perfect sense that, and it says, uh, who is like God, his name. So it would make perfect sense that Michael represents God. 
right? Michael is God's shalia. We have one. We don't have God given all the angels his name. We have God given one of the angels, uh, which which is his agent, his shalia, uh, his name, right? My name is in him. Therefore, Michael is basically taken on the task of God and Michael can disperse other archangels to do his bidding. Like in Deuteronomy 18, he says, I will go down and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because it's going to be his authorization. And then the two angels go down and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and the Lord takes off, which is Michael. He goes back to heaven. So basically, I think Michael is in charge of these archangels. There's seven of them, the seven spirits who are before the throne, uh, the seven, you know, the seven trumpets that pour out. Uh, there's seven plagues, right? I think it's it's very indicative that God has these angels for a reason. There's seven archangels that do his work. And so in the Old Testament, I think that, you know, ultimately God dispersed Michael to give the law to Moses. I think maybe angels appeared to Moses uh, in certain forums, you know, maybe who knows who, which one it was. But I think when Moses... Uh, saw God and he said, show me your face. And he said, you can't see my face and live. But he showed a glory of God upon the angel. I think God Almighty put some of his glory, his his magnificent brilliance uh, on the angel, on the backside of the angel. And uh, Moses was able to see God's glory, right? The glory is the brilliance of God, the brilliance of God. And Jesus is God's glory now. He's, he's, uh, he's perfectly reflecting God. And that's why Jesus basically will shine. His eyes will be like flames of fire. This is the word of God, right? Because the Bible says that God is an all-consuming fire. Well, that's a very good clue is God is an all-consuming fire, right? Uh, and then when it, when uh, the angel appears in the midst of the burning bush, it says, but the bush was not consumed. Well, if God is an all-consuming fire, then why didn't God consume the bush, Right. Well, he's an all-consuming fire, so the bush is burning because it's symbolic of God. It's symbolic of God there burning. He's an all-consuming fire, but the bush was not consumed. So the, the angel is there representing God with his authority, so the message of God is there. God is there in his angel. That's why the bush is not consumed. Jesus' eyes are like flames of fire, right? This is his, in, in the eyes of Christ, he has the mission of God in him. So he's going to do God's will, but he's not God Almighty, right? So... You know, that's something that I'm looking into. I'm really strongly, heavily leaning towards that Michael is the archangel. Um, you know, what does he look like? We don't know. We, we know that uh, Michael uh, is a spiritual being. Um, they, are, they occupy the spiritual realm. And Paul tells us that not all flesh is alike. And there are both heavenly bodies and earthly bodies. But the glory of the heavenly is one thing. And the earthly is another. 1 Corinthians 15, 39 through 40. Hebrews 13, 2 says, To remember to show hostility to strangers, for by doing so, doing some people have shown hostility without knowing it to angels, right? So when you show hus- uh, hospitality, I said, I think I said hospitality or whatever, hospitality, when you've shown hospitality to angels, um, you not, might not even know it. You might be giving somebody some hospitality, but it actually might be an angel. So we have to be very careful that they can take uh, the form of men, but they're not actually men, right? So even though sometimes they can take human form, uh, that form might not be obvious. You know, a host of angels greeted shepherds watching their flock on the night of Christ's birth. Their form was obvious and glorious. And at other times, angels blended in with the crowd, you know? So I think that 
possibly when Michael shows up, his glory is so magnificent, it radiates. And that's why in the uh, when Moses met with God at Mount Sinai, Moses' face shone so brightly, he had to wear a veil, right? He had to wear a veil over his, his face because I think the glory was upon the angel Michael. Um, we can see in the end times that Michael will play a significant part, right? Again, he's the great prince, the protector of your people, shall arise, Daniel 12, 1, it says, Michael, at that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people will arise. There will be a, a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name found written in the book will be delivered. Okay, so Michael is the the ultimate uh, the ultimate shali, I guess, uh, before Jesus Christ, right? Um, Jesus Christ is the one that is representing God the Father now, not uh, Michael. Um, a lot of people try to uh, make the case that Jesus is the angel Michael, you know, Jehovah Witnesses. Um, uh, Trinitarians try to make Jesus the angel Michael. They can't find him in the Old Testament. So now he's he's... He's the angel, but they don't say he's the angel, Michael, right? They just say he's the angel. Um, and uh, that doesn't really tie in very well. Again, there's no scripture that says Jesus is an angel. And the Bible says very clear that to no angel did God ever subject the world to come, right? And then he subjects the world to come to Jesus. Or to which angel has God ever said, you are my son, today I've begotten you. So it doesn't make any sense that they would say this and then Jesus is the angel of the Lord, right? Um Paul tells us that the Lord himself with a cry of command, with the archangel's call and with the sound of God's trumpet will descend from heaven and the dead in Christ will rise first. So this angel leads a host of angels in the victorious war over Satan and his demons in, in Revelation 12. So Michael is not merely one of the angels, but he's the head of a battalion. Uh, and he's not, again, he's not the ultimate leader. That's God. And um, when you look at Christ's apostles, they would have understood the military hierarchy, right? Talked about the when you have it in the Roman system where Caesar was in command and then the Senate operated as an adversary body to Rome's magistrates. And then you had top military officials that were drawn from the Senate and they consisted of Roman citizens. So in other words, the hierarchy of angels would have made sense to the listeners during the time of Christ because that's why, that's why artists and stuff have have depicted Michael as a warrior. You can see him in the podcast heading over there. He's got like a sword, right? Uh, Michael is portrayed as the great captain of angels and the warrior helping the children of Israel. He's the one out slaying people and doing God's work, right? He was recognized as the helper of the church's armies against the heathen and against the attacks of the devil. And you can look at a lot of representations of Michael in, in art that reflect his character as a warrior. Uh, is Michael the Christ? No. Uh, you know, Jehovah Witnesses and other people believe that Jesus is Michael, uh, that he protects Israel and, and he's God himself and all this stuff. Uh, or And many people argue that if God protects Israel and Michael protects Israel, they must be one and the same. No, it talks about when Christ returns, and they use this too, when Christ returns, he will return with the, the voice or cry of the archangel. But Michael is the chief prince of the angels. Jesus has never said that he's the chief prince among his angels, right? And he's made higher than the angels, right? Um, he's the king of kings and the lords of lords in Revelation 19, 16. And Michael is kind of like the one who commands the entire province. He's one of the several commanders in the angelic army. Um, Jesus is over them now. He's been raised higher than the angels. So 
uh, in Genesis or in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus says that all authority in heaven has been given to me, right? Uh, he's been given the authority from God. You're not given the authority from God if you are God Almighty, right? And you're not made higher than the angels if you are an angel. Because if Michael, if Jesus was already God, he would have already been above the angels, right? Uh, and Michael, Michael has angels, right? His angels, his angels. Michael will send forth his angels. His angels are under his direction. So now Jesus is the authority, right? Jesus is the authority. He's the power structure above the angels. And he has surpassed the angels in authority. That's why in the revelation that now Jesus sends forth his angel, where in the past in the Old Testament, God Almighty sent forth his angels. It flows perfectly. It's very harmonious. Um, I think that uh, the angel of the Lord is a designated title for one specific angel. And then uh, the other angels who are also uh, chief angels or archangels, they are represented, uh, representatives of, of Michael, right? Uh, Michael is the higher of the, all, all the angels and the other angels are his archangels that do his work. Michael will order people to do something or order the angels and they'll go forth and do it because Michael has been given this authority. I think it makes perfect sense that God has granted one angel to give his name, to bear his name, right? So that's why, you know, gave, or, or Michael shows up uh, to uh, Abraham uh, in this, in Genesis 19. He's there, his authority is there because he's been given authority by God. And then Michael commands these two angels, I will go down now and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But we see that the, the two angels go down and the third angel doesn't. The, the first one, you know, if it was the angel of the Lord, he actually departs and goes back probably up to heaven or wherever to, you know, receive further instruction from God. He's, his mission is basically there. He's the commander. He commands them. The two angels go down. He does, three angels don't go down. That's kind of interesting how one angel leaves, right? One angel leaves, the other two go down. Why didn't three angels go down if they were all sent on behalf of God, if they were all equal. So it makes sense to me that Michael is the commander. Michael shows up with his two angels. That's why it calls the Lord shows up because again, Michael is the chief over Israel. He has his title. He does this. He takes off. He goes back after he's, he's done his assignment. The two angels that he's given authority to do it, they destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. So Christians, I asked you to just look at scripture, find out why Michael is called the prince of Israel. Uh, why it says that Michael and his angels will go against Satan and why Michael was the one contending with the devil for the body of Moses. Until next time, God bless you.